Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Let me tell you what is on my mind, Josh Brown, because no one else is talking about Halo Infinite other than the Halo Infinite Reddit and James Dowson and Mr. Dan Durkin, two of our finest editors. But I don't think the world cares about the fact that Halo Infinite is a bit of a mess. Well, this is the thing, Scott. I mean, you've you've been talking about this over the weekend to me, and today you have lured me into the studio to lock me in a room (laughs) so you can talk to me about Halo Infinite. What's What's going on? Because I saw a lot of things about, you know, there not being a Slayer playlist, which I know is a very big deal, and the progression being a little bit messed up, but... Come on, tell me exactly what's happened because in the beta, or at least the last beta, the the what was it called, the flight, the test flight they did, yeah, the test flight. I remember you coming away from that saying this is the best Halo ever. This it is. is amazing. What's I was happened it. since? So they, so the thing with the, the the flight hashtag flight is that they did there was a Slayer playlist in there. Like the whole right. point of the flight was to test their service. I should say ahead of time, actually, as we get started, I'm Scott Tilford. You're Josh Brown. We never do this. We, we never do we, this. We always but leave it five minutes in. I just see, let people know this is the wind up. We do it every Monday. Whatever's the biggest pressing talking point and things to get to and in this case we're going to do a, a Halo versus Call of Duty versus Battlefield thing because all three of them are out now weirdly they're all sort of some stuff's ahead of time and whatever else so there's three big old first person shooter games to talk about and uh, I want to start with Halo because it is such a mess but in regards to the flight stuff and um, like you said the Slayer playlist they haven't put out in the actual beta the thing is as well there's so much to talk about the Halo <laughs> Infinite beta um, they released it early you know 343 got out there as part of a live stream they said hey to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Halo we're going to put the Halo Infinite beta or Halo infinite multiplayer out now but don't worry it's a beta there's more to come there's now been a quote from joseph stein which is kind of alongside what they did hint at before that this is the day one version of the multiplayer as we're going to get in december and uh, these are the modes these are the matchmaking types and everything else i think they'll tweak the playlists because right now there's no actual slayer matchmaking you can't just do a death match yeah. which is it breaks me. It's so <laughs> stupid. And it's just like, all you can do is a quick play match, uh, matchmaking playlist. You can do big team battle, um, or you can do ranked stuff, or you can fight the AI, which why do you, why do you no. ever want to do that? And so like, but within them, within quick play, within big team battle, and within ranked stuff, is every other match type served up. And it favors Oddball and Capture the Flag and everything other than Slayer. So you might land on Slayer, you might get lucky, and be able to do the thing you've been doing in Halo for the last 21 years. But most of the time, it's just Oddball. It's Capture the Flag. It's stockpile where you've got to go and get five little power chips and bring them back to your base. Uh, Everything other than what you'd want to do with a Halo, and that is the tip of the iceberg for the amount of stuff they get wrong. Well, it's funny. I'm I'm not going to, you know, defend this decision because it just seems, you know, crazy to me that they don't have this playlist at launch. But I must admit, as someone who has, you know, grown tired of Team Deathmatch over the past few years, no matter the franchise, (laughs) um, I have personally been leaning towards objective-based game modes in my first-person shooters. Mm. But that's not the point, is it? It's not really the point. It's about the choice, mate. It's about the choice. It's about 
the, the, the things that were in the previous games that should be in this game. And it just seems like a strange omission, especially like you say, when this was in the flight to begin with. If Call of Duty Vanguard, any Call of Duty launched with a overall, it was just quick match ranked or like big, some sort of big team battle thing. And that was it. And you just had to click on that and go, well, I hope I get the one I want. That's madness. <laughs> and that's also, that's alongside the some of the bigger problems, which is the money, because obviously it's free to play. So some of the monetization is ludicrous. It's like 20 pounds for a skin. It's Oof. just like 20 it's like 20 or 30, but depends which uh, one that you want because the store rotates, but the prices are ludicrous. Oh no. Oh, Don't yeah. tell me the store rotates. That is my least oh, favorite yeah. thing in any oh, kind of yeah. live service game. I mean, it's, that is frustrating. It changes. Uh, they've got like a whole. St- <laughs> this is. <laughs> Oh, God, there's so much wrong with it. Like, it's just the prices are ludicrous for what is there. They attempted to say that they were doing a 20th anniversary thing, which amounted to you can get a Master Chief skin and a Warthog skin, and that was it. They were like, oh, we've concluded our 20th anniversary event. And it's like, what's the event, lads? Like, you put (laughs) one thing in there, which... uh, And also, because of the way the customization works, it's based on armor cores, so it's based on specific um, armor sets that you apply other things to. So even if you're unlocking something through through actual progression, which you only get once every 30 levels, you don't get a helmet until you're level 80. Wow. And it's ludicrous, which goes alongside the fact that the XP system is based around specific goals. It's not if you, you know, get a kill streak or you bring the flag home or you actually play a Halo, you don't get rewarded for that at all. It's only if you kill five enemies with this specific weapon or it's only if you hop in a Banshee and use the fusion gun. Like, yeah. it's, it's not actually skill-based XP. And so, you know, like, if you play your ass off and do extremely well, you'll get the same amount of XP as someone who just sat in the corner farting all day long. <laughs> they don't care. And they're all getting paid. Which, which Given is the same amount of stuff. It's good if you're the guy who's farting in the corner, but it's I'm not sure good when you're playing Halo and you're trying to play the objective. I mean, that is me, but stuff. I tend to play as well. You it know. is. <laughs> it's fascinating, you know, and you know, I don't want to jump over to the other games um, mm. immediately, but it's no. fascinating to me how all of these different franchises have been implementing these different XP systems recently, mm. because I feel like a big issue with a lot of these games is, and you know, a lot of the developers of these franchises have got a record before to say that they always want to get more casual players in. They want to have mm. a lot of players playing their game and they don't want people to bounce off because you know they're not doing very well or mm-hmm. they don't feel like they're doing very well and i wonder whether this progression system is a kind of attempt to cater the to those kind of fans because like you say this is going to be free to play this could theoretically have more eyes on it and more people playing it than any other halo well, it has, yeah. ever so I wonder whether this kind of new progression system to be based more about just the time you've invested in the games that you've played rather than your skill mm-hmm. Maybe that's trying to flatten the kind of perceived skill ceiling and that might put a lot of the casual players off. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just the theory well, I'm I would, throwing up. But. I, yeah, the thing is, like, I read an article of, uh, from 2019 that said that Microsoft hired a microtransaction and free-to-play business. He was like a business expert. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I can see exactly what this is. Like, right. this is why your prices are sky high. This is why everything, like, just basically, I mean, like I said, there's so much. Like, you think about the state of Halo Infinite for the last few years. Like, you know, for the last couple of years, it's always been, oh my God, what even is this game? They've kept the campaign shrouded mystery. Joseph Staten came on board 15 months ago. It was an absolute tire fire, and then he's been able to sort of run in with an extinguisher and put certain things <laughs> out, but some things are still aflame, or the embers are still there. And he's managed to do the best he can, but I feel like the 343 jank is all over it. Like, okay. it's just that the way that they approach the Halo franchise, the things that they've got wrong over the last decade at this point, um, are still prevalent in the actual core design, and it feels like at the heart of a game that was barely coming together is a threadbare amount of content. There's 10 maps. They're very, some of them are very similar. Like, biome-wise, they're very similar. 
Um, there's a threadbare amount of armor that's there. Um, it's also leaked what you can get from the campaign. There's like campaign unlocks that go into the multiplayer. That's leaked as all just just colors, just armor colors. It's not actually armor parts, which is another massive blow to the idea of customization. And I feel like Stanton went in there and just said, okay, what do we actually have? And the 343 lot went, well, we finished this. There's like 10 things over here that we finished. Yeah. And he went, okay, let's spread this out because the free-to-play battle pass is nearly all challenge skips that you're unlocking, which lets you swap out one of those terrible XP goals. But um, the main problem is that it doesn't reward actually playing Halo. Like you're, like I said, you can play your ass off and get the same amount of XP as doing nothing in a game, literally mm-hmm. nothing. You'll still get 50 XP. And so like... It just takes forever to rank up. The things that you're getting for ranking up are challenge skips. Yeah. So, uh, like, it's terrible. And even if you're like me and you're, you know, head mad and you bought the premium <laughs> battle pass, which I did, um, you're still not getting anything else. You might get a visor, but then it doesn't work on the armor core that you've got. So it's just like, what, is, what have you done, lads? Is like, the, you know, the battle pass system, like you mentioned there, is that all the progression there is? Or are there other things on much. top of that? Because that kind of sucks. Because, you yeah. know, if you get something like Call of Duty, for instance, which obviously has battle passes, and that's on top of the core progression. Like, mm. you're still unlocking guns, you're still, still unlocking attachments, you're still unlocking Oh, camos, there's nothing like that. And then you get the battle <laughs> pass stuff. But if that's all that there is yeah. to begin with, like, that seems a little threadbare, considering <sighs> this game has been delayed for a year. I and mean, it's been I mean, six years since the last Halo. Don't say that. that Six makes whole you feel years. Incredibly old. It's been seven years since the Master Chief Collection, something that it took them four years to fix. <laughs> so, what are we doing? Like, it's just, I don't know. It's Halo. Like, I just so I just look at it and go. I mean, I'm just I'm I'm just a bit sad. Like, I'm just a bit gutted because I'm just like I can't believe you had this long, um, and you still got this much wrong. Like, not to take away from the reality that the gameplay is stellar. The gameplay is the best yes. Halo's ever played at the absolute core of it. It runs really well. Um, it's very very smooth, and the actual look, the aesthetic, the art direction of most of the maps is really really solid. Um, but the stuff they put out in the flight is the is the maps that are now in the beta, and it favors them. It's just like there's only mm. ten maps anyway. And they're split by playlists. So like I said before, you only have those umbrella approaches to playlists. Uh, Quick match, which is like a smaller scale thing or big team battle. Um, And then that splits the maps even more. So it's like, well, you've got a rotation of five per playlist, which you'll see the same maps over and over and over again. And the only last thing to throw in here, because I literally think it gets everything wrong, other than the gameplay, is the fact that the spawns and the the vehicle spawns and the weapon spawns, they are uh, timed. So like it gets more anarchic towards the end of a match, which I get what they're going for. But like I said, it's that 343 jank where that isn't Halo. Halo is full on experimental sandbox carnage and like and it's in a fun way. And like I shouldn't be waiting till the end of a match to spawn a tank. Like it's right. like the last couple okay. minutes. Oh, here's the, the wraiths here, lads. And it's like then one of the XP girls might be like, oh, blow up five wraiths. It's like I've literally me literally I asked Dowson Durkin how many wraiths and scorpion tanks have you seen? None, they said. <laughs> I've seen one uh, and I've played 50 matches. And it's just like, why is everything not spawning faster? Why is the respawn timer not quicker? Why why are we not getting into this a lot more? Yeah. Why? How have you missed the mark on this so much? And it's just everything around the core playability. If you just like siphon everything off and go, okay, you can aim at dudes and shoot them and jump and there's a grappling hook and whatever. That stuff's solid. Everything else around it is pretty abysmal. And the fact that it's barely being talked about is infuriating. I wonder how much of that is just because, you know, obviously at the moment in time, it's being billed as the beta, yeah? Even though, <laughs> like Satan said- It's not though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like all of the content that's here is going to be there or launch and mm-hmm. stuff. And they're trying to figure out stuff along the way, but it's They've not- even said, I'm oh, so sorry. No, They've even on. said that the current state of it right now isn't going to change till next May. So I'm just like- Okay, that that's madness. That did, um, you know, some warning signs were going off when I heard them <laughs> say that because 
you know, that's a long time for a, a first season. You know, December to May, that's a lot of Same 10 maps. Sp- yeah, same, same terrible progression. That's why they've elongated everything. That's why you don't get any armor parts for like 10, 20, 30 levels. Yeah. But then the XP system being such a grind means you're not going to get any armor parts at all. I wonder at what point the decision was made to make this a free-to-play live service mm. game. Was that always the goal since this was in development? Or was that kind of, you know, a last year decision to I be feel like, like that. Yeah, to be like, right, okay, we'll get this out. We're going to change course a little bit. This mm. is going to be our platform going forward. But this is going to be the start of it. I don't know. I mean, I'm fascinated to see if there ever is a kind of deep dive into the development of Halo Infinite because mm. from start to finish, it just seems like a lot of confusing elements. Like you said, a lot of creative directors coming and going and now they seem to have hit a, something of a stride. Mm. But even now, a year after the initial re- release date was supposed to happen, it still feels like not all of the eggs were in the basket. What state this must have been in last year? God, I. I mean, the thing is, like we, I mentioned that article from 2019 where, uh, where Microsoft brought in the expert fella. He's been there for two years now, but obviously the announcement for it being free to play was last year. Yeah. But I, I think of that, I thought of that overall last year as more of a way to recoup the funds because it's been in development for so long and because it's been all over the place for so long. Like they, they've announced some stuff, they've rescinded some stuff. It's just, like I said, it's a bit messy. And I kind of think that you might as well, if you're Microsoft or Xbox, you might as well have a, a free-to-play shooter that, like, you know, it gets cross-platform. You can play on PC as well um, or on their new streaming service. And maybe that's just all it needs. It needs to tick those boxes and be a free-to-play multiplayer shooter um, with a premium feel to some degree. Uh, and maybe that's enough for most of the casual fans. I don't think it will be because I just think it's so paltry. What's here is just so thin on the ground. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's that thing. It's sort of like at one point, maybe there was a version of this game that was full price unless you're on Game Pass and um, with all those pieces of armor that are there all included and that was your customization and everything else. And then somewhere along the way, they were like, well, actually we can stretch this out and where we should have a free to play thing that has a tail on it and we should stretch this out. Yeah. And I see that business goal it makes sense it is halo you might as well stretch it out but what is actually there what they have stretched out is so to quote bilbo baggins it's <laughs> hard it was hardly any butter spread over too much bread you <laughs> <laughs> should put that on the box they should put that straight on the box for um, a bread winner it's spread over too much bread it's fascinating scott hilbert because you know we're going to talk about battlefield and call mm. of duty and a lot of the things that you said there are also issues with battlefield as well we and obviously into, into battlefield yes before i jump in obviously you want to say that obviously if you're listening to this you probably know that the entire podcast is um, sponsored by EA at the moment, but we're not sponsored to say anything specific in this video about it. But obviously, it's worth knowing, take whatever I say with that in Mm -hmm. mind. And when it comes to Battlefield in particular, that kind of issue that you have there with um, a lack of content and maybe the idea that they've, you know, decided to spread all of this stuff out over a longer period of time. Like, that's felt there as well. Mm. Like, you boot up Battlefield, and there are seven maps, which, you know, is, isn't ten, but they are admittedly huge, much, though. much bigger. Yeah, much more bigger. Much more bigger. Much bigger than a Halo <laughs> map. There's only 22 weapons. You know, there's not really many attachments, and a lot of the attachments do the same thing as other attachments. You don't lock it anyway, so mm. they're kind of duplicates and cosmetic only. And it just feels very, very similar in that... It feels like a start. It feels like, right. you know, what what's there I do like, but it feels like there should be more, especially because in this case, it's a multiplayer-only game. It's There's no yep. campaign to come along with it. And the price it. is crazy not, yeah, as well. It, it's, it's not free to play, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's funny that, you know, you look at these two gigantic marquee first-person shooters, and they're kind of making the same issues. Yeah. And it's like, who is in charge of <laughs> making these decisions across these vastly different companies that we've ended up with two um, quite similar products in terms of how they've rolled out the content, how they've rolled out their, um, you know, future plans Mm. and all of that stuff. It's just kind of, 
it's 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 baffling because well, this should have been like a big return for all three of these franchises, you no know, mm-hmm. COD, Halo, and Battlefield, and we're kind of at the point where COD might have won by default. It's, <laughs> oh god, it's hilarious how good Call of Duty Vanguard is. Yeah. Like I'm not I've, I'm not touching the zombies mode, but the campaign, the multiplayer, especially the multiplayer, is pristine and it is way better than it had any right to be in regards to how we thought it was going to be earlier this year. But in terms of the um, the thing that you're citing, like who are these people making these decisions? For me, it's the Destiny model. As soon as Destiny mm. in 2014 released on fire and broken as hell and threadbare I mentioned this in some video on like games that ruined everything I think because Destiny launched in such a broken way and it still sold really well and the playtime was still sky high because the core mechanics were solid every executive out there went okay we can release this much this tiny little amount and we can trickle everything out over the next few years and that model works because it worked for Destiny Destiny yeah. was panned across the board and um, from most people who played it unless you're a hardcore Destiny fan but I feel like executive wise or statistics wise or gameplay wise they all learned the wrong lesson from that game and they just went okay what's our version of that mm-hmm. right kick this tiny amount out for the maximum price and monetize every little bit thing over time going forward that's exactly what Halo feels like anyway it's kind of like it's it's, it's, it's weird because so many games have tried to do that since Destiny obviously mm. but so many of them have failed like you look at <laughs> Anthem's obviously a bigger but that failed for more reasons than their approach to the mm. you know post release content but that was a game that promised no hang on we're gonna be fixing this stuff we're gonna do Anthem 2.0 give us time we gave them time the Anthem existed well exactly we gave them time <laughs> Anthem 2.0 was announced and then yeah. nothing happened and Activision no Activision um, EA canned it they were like nah it's not gonna be worth our time we're not gonna do that <laughs> it's anymore never work. and there are a bunch of different games um, like that there was mm. another one I was thinking of uh, that's just completely gone from my head now but you know stuff like the Avengers Hyperscape Hyperscape can't even remember what that thing is <laughs> uh, the Avengers obviously was like you know don't worry we've had a rocket launch but we're gonna have a bunch more content mm. we're gonna have these expansions new characters Spider-Man's coming and now we're a year later <laughs> Spider-Man is arriving and they're still pissing people he's, off. He's arriving to the party a week late. Yeah. Every, it's all cleaned up. It's gone. Everyone's bet, moved on. I bet Sony's absolutely buzzing that they paid for that exclusive <laughs> rights to the character, man. They must have been sitting back on it. Well, don't launch him now. Give, give, <laughs> just give it a minute, okay? It's going to clean up. It'll be fine. Well, even that company, obviously, you know, um, they recently had to reverse some of the, I think it was the currency or the progression that they yep. had because uh, the grind they had was too much. XP boosters. Yeah. Paid XP boosters and stuff like that. And the uh, players that are still there, you know, the couple hundred that are still there. I love the, them putting up with everything so far and then going like, well, this is bad. This is, I think a paid XP booster. I didn't expect this. But it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I can, part of me can take when a company is like, this is a game we're going to support for 10 years. You know, yes. this is just a start. We're going to be investing in it. That's one thing. It's when you attach that to a game that's kind of, a little bit all over the place at the start. Mm. If you have a good game as a starting point that you build upon it, mm. awesome. If you have a game that you intend to fix in a year's time, that's when things become a problem, especially because we've seen that so few of these companies actually fix those problems yeah. over the years. You know, we just get these empty promises. We get these roadmaps that ultimately mean nothing. And then um, when ways down the line and the support has been cancelled, that said, that is a very kind of apocalyptic view of it. I don't I think, think Battlefield and Halo are necessarily... Mm going to be that bad definitely not the but. thing is with halo like not to make it all about halo but yeah. i feel like if you talk about like sometimes you talk about a game or we talk about a game and it's that feeling of is there a team of people trying yeah. is it does this thing have a soul does it have something that's worth saving does it feel like it was corporately mandated box ticking kicked out the door etc and halo has a soul to it it feels like a bunch of people trying the weird problem i have with that is that they're all over the blog posts they're all over twitter going like halo we apologize for this and we're going to try this and we're really sorry and we're aiming for this and i'm just like you're a triple a game studio you've been doing this for years 
just you kind of can't play that card. You're not a little indie trying their best. Yeah. Like you had all the data available to you, and I, I'm just less forgiving of it. I think if you mess up to this degree, it's it's kind of on you. Like it's just I I don't like being that fan. It's just oh, that that consumer. But I'm just kind of like you should be better. Like it's, yeah. it's Halo. You should be better. Um. But yeah, to bring it back around to um Battlefield because I've been playing the early access stuff. You can get ten hours if you have Game Pass. You can go on EA Play and play the first ten hours. I was pleasantly surprised by it in terms of how anarchic and ridiculous it was. But at the same time, um, for me, the HUD options, the way that the way that it looks and feels to move around in, yeah. actual comprehend, like literally, literally comprehending what's on screen. And I was like, how much of this is intentionally part of the chaos, and how much is it just why is the why when I take over a zone does it cover like the top of the <laughs> screen? Like what the, all that stuff was just really weird. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's 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 a, it's a strange game. We did a video last week on, you know, why the fans aren't really taken to it much and all of the problems that it has, you know, in terms of its its bugs and its launch glitches and stuff. And all of that is 100% valid, you know, but it's kind of weird that I'm still having a lot of fun with it. Like, we yeah. did a full day kind of, like, looking into the things that's done wrong, uh-huh. and then I went home on Friday night and played it through Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and I hazard to say that you may, you're maybe similar no, with Halo and that you're still absolutely hammering it. Yeah. There's still uh, something in in there that's keeping us invested into these games because they're doing something <laughs> right. It's just that there's so much of these games that they don't that there's, that there's a lot that's falling mm-hmm. down. And similar to three four three, I think Dice um, has a lot of the same problems internally. Where you know Dice, I've I've loved all of the previous Battlefield games, mm-hmm. but all of the previous Battlefield games have had terrible launches. Like Battlefield yeah. Four, nobody could play for months and months, <laughs> and they keep 
having like the same excuses every time. And it's like, guys, yeah. at this point, you should have fixed like, just, this. Just like, take a with, minute. Yeah, it's like same with three four three in the Master Chief Collection, Halo Five. It's like you've had so many attempts. Mm-hmm. Why is this stuff still happening? And I guess maybe part of that is just the reality of video game development, these big budgets, and but these deadlines. The thing, the thing is with that again, not to make it all about Halo, <laughs> but the Master Chief Collection, they took them literally four years to fix that game, yeah. literally before matchmaking even worked reliably. And even now, it's a bit spotty, but whatever. But they fixed the XP system. They fixed the way that the season seasonal pass stuff rolls out. They made it so that it's rewarding to play games of, of Halo over and over again. None of that progression is in Halo Infinite. None of the lessons that they learned across that game is in Halo Infinite. Just to quickly point that out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of Battlefield, we talked about, uh, we did a video the other week because our boss was just sort of like, there's a lot going on with this game. We should probably get on on this stuff. And we were like, well, that's all right, to be honest. We're not, we're quite enjoying bits of it. But then you do look at the backlash and there was a bit of a thing to say. So we did that video. But like you say, there is plenty positive stuff about it. I did jump off a skyscraper, go into the wingsuit and fly down and yeah. then like went into the parachute and shot like three dudes. And I was like, well, this feels great. Yeah, like, those yeah. moments, I guess, are few and far between. Totally. I mean, you know, when, when the game clicks, you know, like the scale is just like, crazy like the scale is crazy good i've been playing a lot of breakthrough which is 64 players mm. versus 64 players and that's a little bit more um controlled and conquest because mm-hmm. you're taking over separate zones and then you're pushing the enemy back and you go to a different part of the map mm-hmm. and there's an overwhelming amount of chaos in that <laughs> mode but it does make you feel like almost like you're playing a trailer you know like in those yes. um trailer scenes that you get they where sold it very much on like you are going to be doing these meme set pieces yes. bits yeah. yes yes totally you know you're going to be with all of these different players coming over the hill with tanks and you're going to be you know in this massive of war yep. essentially and that game mode definitely definitely feels like it when you're kind of like firing on all cylinders like mm-hmm. I said the only issue is that there are a lot of bugs in there that kind of hamper the enjoyment a bit you know mm-hmm. there are issues where your loadout might not spawn or there are issues where you might go down to be revived and then the timer just kind of like bugs out and you have to quit the game it's mm-hmm. like those things that are present there that just stop it from being as good as it can be because even though a lot has been said you know in the fandom about the differences between specialists and classes and yes. how it doesn't necessarily feel like Battlefield. I can certainly see where those people are coming from, but for me, I didn't necessarily mind the shift, you know? Mm. I didn't mind the shift because for me, the uh, gameplay was still um, really enjoyable. It's just those bugs. It is just those glitches. It's just what another Battlefield launch that shouldn't be this unpolished. Do you think, because I, I was going to, like, I, across the board, for all three of these games, they're all on past gen as well. Call of Duty is the only one that seems to be performing pretty solid across the board, especially on next gen yeah. stuff. But in Battlefield's case, they were like, it's going to be the biggest, most over the top, most most anarchic battlefield yet, but then they're trying to make it run on PS4 and Xbox One, yeah. and obviously there's glitches across the board. The PC version's pretty bad too, um, and it's not like the the next gen, current gen, whatever versions are great either. PS5, Xbox Series. So, um, how much do you think that impacts the development? Because like Halo as well runs really really well on Xbox One, but I would argue that's because there's very little game there to polish. Right. So it's like you've you've managed to do that, um, but I just wonder at some point when do we sever the the last generation and just prioritize development across you know the newest systems and take advantage of all that stuff. Dude, I'm sure that's like a big problem and again, not to make any excuses for any of these companies or anything, mm. but you can imagine that making these different versions of the games for a bunch of different consoles alongside, you know, working from home thanks to COVID and stuff, like mm. so many other games, and I think this is a really important thing. It's- so many other games this year were just like, well, there is no way we are going to make this date. We are going to 2022. Yes. The hallowed the- ground of 2022. Yeah, but the big marquee titles, your Battlefield, your Call of Duties, your Halos, Halo too many shareholders for them yeah they are the big games that needed to launch Mm. and they have launched and I think it's evident that 
they all, even Call of Duty to an extent, could have done with a few extra months mm. in the oven. And I do think that's an issue when it comes to publishers and shareholders having to hit these dates with their big games because in a year where the writing was on the wall and like I said, so many other developers just held their hands up and said, this is unfeasible, we can't do it. Mm -hmm. There are a few games that had to stick to these deadlines and they've come out and they've come out hot. They've come out, you know, absolutely skidding across the ground. (laughs) And it's not that they're all bad by any means, but you can just tell that they could have done with a few more months of development. You know what I'm going to do, Josh Brown? I'm going to make it about Halo again. I think that they had to hit this date. I think the fact that the Master Chief emblem exists inside every Series S, every Series X, and the fact that he's on the box and the fact that they had that Monster Hunter energy drink campaign that launched earlier last year that you were going to you were going to build up all this XP and cash it in when Halo Infinite launches then when it got delayed Monster had to be like well you've still got your XP but you have to wait until next year and then you can cash it in I wonder just how much that is the case that they were just like you just need to get something out and somewhere along the line I feel like earlier this year or maybe you know the last couple of years whenever it was that they realized they weren't going to hit the 2020 day um Joseph Staten whoever was uh you know higher up at 343 just had to be like okay if we sever this 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 we can hit this day um across all these different generations of consoles and stuff and I wonder if that's also the case with a battlefield where they're just sort of like if we can get this version of the game out and we'll polish it after it's it's like that whole thing of um just accepting that something's going to be in flux for like a good amount of time and how much will a certain fandom put up with and just all those weird um like optical choices they have to make to be like just what can we actually get away with because it's in halos they're different cases obviously but battlefield's issues seem to be almost entirely performance based but I guess you do have like game decision stuff, like the operator stuff. Yeah, totally. So, like, you can still have a lot of fun with it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are, like like I, like I said, there were decisions, and there are some um, things baked into the game design that I know a lot of fans don't want to mm. see necessarily. Like right. I said, you know, the differences with the operators compared to the classes, and, um, you know, I'm sure people would love added destruction and stuff like yes. that. And it's just kind of evident that, you know, all of these games seem to have strong bases, and they could become something, you know, spectacular. And it's just kind of seeing where they fall on that mm. scale, I suppose suppose and it's funny i was before we started recording i was looking around just online to see what was going on see if there's any news and stuff Mm -hmm. there was a rumor doing the round that apparently and again take this with a massive um, pinch of salt (laughs) it was just something i briefly saw while perusing reddit and stuff Mm -hmm. and that maybe they were saying that call of duty might move from a yearly i saw um, that this morning yeah. yeah a yearly release date because obviously that franchise has had you wouldn't necessarily tell from the games, but that's had so many behind-the-scenes yeah. issues ever since, like, Black Ops 3, pretty much. You know, last year was well-documented that last year's game was supposed to be Sledgehammer's game. Mm-hmm. That wasn't working out, so Activision brought Treyarch in to make it Cold War. Sledgehammer's was delayed to this year. There's been so much going on that's kind of, like, stopped all of those development teams having their full three years mm-hmm. that they normally do. Mm-hmm. And this rumor was essentially saying that's finally caught up to them. They're going to have to take a year off to good. kind of recalibrate. And it's like, yeah, good. Like that should have happened <laughs> like five years ago. You know, you can, these games obviously make so much money. They come out mm-hmm. yearly, but we've talked about, especially with Call of Duty, you know, you look at Battlefield, you look at Halo, mm-hmm. they, they're they now events. They don't come out every single year. Mm-hmm. And with the way Call of Duty especially operates now, you know, you've got Warzone, you've got, if you boot up Vanguard right now, you don't just get the menu for Vanguard. Oh, it's like everything? You get the menu for yeah. Vanguard, you get the menu for Warzone, you get the, me- the menu for Cold War, and you get the menu <laughs> for Modern Warfare 2019. That's four different games, four different ecosystems coexisting at the same time. Mm-hmm. There's no way that's feasible. <laughs> There's no way that is not cannibalizing part of sales of another game. Like, it's the just, thing is, you have these excellent titles, yeah. you can ride them out for a little bit, you don't need to replace them instantly anymore. The thing is, like, I went back 
back to Black Ops 2 uh, earlier this year because I know that's the one one of the only Call of Duty's I never finished. And I was like, I'm going to finish that campaign in the run up to Black. I think it was because in the in the haze of Black Ops Cold War, I was like, I need to know more about this game, so I'm going to go back and fill in the gaps. And so I went back to Black Ops 2. That game's multiplayer is still online. You can still play Black Ops 2 yeah. online, and I did, and it was great. And so, like, how? I mean, I think most of, if not all, the Call of Duty multiplayer servers are still online. Like, I saw a statement after uh, Xbox added Skate 2 to backwards compatibility, and then EA immediately said, "Well, we're shutting the servers off in yeah. December." <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, thanks for that. Why'd you green light? Who, who is not talking to each other? <laughs> One person's like, yeah, okay. And then the person in the next room is like, but we're going to kill it. That so. reminded me of like, you know, like the ping, Pingu meme where he's like, well, now I'm not going to do it. <laughs> like, it's just immediately added. It's like, no, now you don't and get to play like, it For anymore. God's sake. But how many of these legacy titles still have their online multiplayers? Yeah. And like, yeah, maybe there aren't, well, there aren't ways to monetize the older versions multiplayer, but all of those servers are overlapping with each other. If it was a timeline, there would be a marker at the start of the timeline for each one of those Call of Duty games that has a, a tail that goes along and overlaps with like you know server uh, maintenance and everything. Because like you said, the last sort of three, four main iterations of Call of Duty are all available simultaneously. There are still content packs for Modern Warfare, yeah. Black Ops Cold War, and now Vanguard. Um, and they're all monetizable and people want to play them. So it's like, just space it out. Let the quality come back in. Well, it's just ridiculous. Even though they're not annual releases, I think this still sets in into Halo, into Battlefield. Mm. Because, you know, take Battlefield, for instance. Mm. Um, that had about three years in development, I think. But it was announced last year, maybe even a bit sooner, that EA was taking all of the studios off most of the other games mm. and they were going to work on the new Battlefield game, which meant that Battlefront 2 um, prematurely stopped getting support. It mm. meant that Battlefield 5 prematurely stopped getting support because they were focused on the next game. Right. Both of those two games, though, Battlefield 5 and Battlefront 2, managed to turn themselves around massively. Yeah. They also had pretty dodgy launches, but by the time... Battlefront 2 especially, from yeah. the, the, the arc of that game is insane. Yeah, by the time you know support ended on those games, they'd gotten to a place where there was a healthy player base mm-hmm. and there was a steady stream of content improving the experience. Mm-hmm. And it's like Battlefront 2 especially could have had longer legs. Like that could have been extended with all of the other movies, all of the yeah. other TV shows that were coming out to tie into it. You know, there was content there that could have been made, but it was prematurely ended because EA wanted a new marquee title. So we were like, <laughs> all developers, get to Battlefield. We're going to push this out. They also can't Battlefront 3 in the middle of that. As well. Exactly, yeah. And it's to me, it's just, it's kind of paradoxical. They're building these games on the one hand and saying, these are 10-year experiences. Mm. These are going to be platforms we're going to monetize in the future. But then at the same time, they're kind of thinking, ah, we kind of need another sequel, don't we? We need another big title to put out, so maybe we won't fulfill that <laughs> promise and we'll make a new one anyway. And it's just like, pick a pick one. Pick a lane. Pick one. You can have a live service mm-hmm. and you can have, you know, really rapid release dates of sequels. I don't think you can try to mesh them because then no. we get moments like this where you've got, you know, solid ideas and solid games coming out, but they're not as good as they could be. Mm-hmm. And it's also like it is trying to get as many unit costs as possible. Like I said, for me, I think the cross-gen stuff does factor in. Like if you're the the number crunchers, the person saying, well, how many different versions of this game can we put out for a premium price? I mean, Battlefield's price is insane. Mm. Like when I was on the Xbox store, it, it recommended the 9899 version. And I was like, what even is this? And it was just a bunch of operator skins and stuff. Um, but even the base version, I think, is still £60. It's still a, a premium thing. 
Um, and obviously, like I said, you have all those unit costs that go across past gen stuff as well. So it's like, just at some point, you do need to prioritize the creative side of it. I mean, the, most of the people, everybody putting these games together are genuine superheroes at this point. Yes. Just superheroes of code and artistry and creativity across the board. Because um, it's kind of crazy. But yeah, the thing is, like, we talk about a little bit about Call of Duty in the specific. like Because um, that's the one that I, I played a lot of initially the first few days. And because it's, because it's Halo, I've just been playing so much Halo. I don't know how you've been balancing Call of Duty and Battlefield. But like, Call of Duty overall feels like the strongest package, like in yeah. terms of like every single part that goes into it. It's it's, it's kind of weird. I've, I've sort of been the distracted boyfriend meme. You know, all these <laughs> games are coming out, and I'm getting my head turned. Yeah, Call of Duty. You know, I smashed for a couple of weeks, put mm. a lot of time into it. Then Battlefield came out, and even though Battlefield's nowhere near as polished as an experience, and um, the stuff that it brings to the table is new and fresh mm. in a way that's made my head turn, and I'm playing it in spite of the frustrations. Like Call of Duty is an impeccably put together game, considering you know the. <laughs> insane development it's been underneath mm-hmm. but I think there's something to be said that that game was just like right we're not going to try anything fancy we're going to strip we're it all back do a Call of Duty. we're going to do a Call of Duty and we're going to do it well because we know we can do that in the time frame we're not going to have any of these mad ambitions we're not going to go big <laughs> we're going to give you team deathmatch we're going to give you, give you a patrol and we're going to just give you the regular suite that you want mm-hmm. and while a lot of people will be like oh they're just copying and pasting they're just kind of um you know, repeating themselves. Mm-hmm. That is 100% true, mm-hmm. but I kind of respect the devs to understand the limitations they were working with and just go, no, we need to make sure like this isn't a trash fire. We're going <laughs> to rein our ambitions in. We're going to just get the product out. And yeah. yeah, you can maybe say that is suffocating art, which it probably is, but yeah. it's it's kind of a reality of the business that the, de- that the developers also need to understand what they can do with a certain amount of time because you look at Halo, you look at Battlefield, mm. which again, kind of interests me more and have held my attention because they are doing something new, but they have also kind of struggled under the ambitions of getting these games out in a certain time frame. Yeah, that is absolutely where I'm at with Halo, where I just, I just, I keep playing it mainly because it's Halo and I've waited for this for so long. Like I said, it's been six years since since Halo 5 and I play a lot of Master Chief Collection, but like the idea of, you know, what is the latest Halo, what's the new stuff? Um, I'm just, I keep playing it and playing it and playing it and I'm getting my 50 XP bonuses when I finish one of these matches and crawling up the character progression stuff and barely unlocking anything, but it's because it's Halo. But at the same time, the fact that it's new, that like appeals to me more than just going back to more Master Chief Collection stuff. Like I just like to keep up with whatever the newest thing is, but I think that... It's just crazy. Like like I said, across this year, we were just thinking Call of Duty was going to be the most forgettable thing. It seemed like it was going to be Battlefield's year because it seemed like all the marketing, everything leading up, until those first beta impressions dropped and it was broken as hell. Um, it felt like it was going to be there, yeah. And I feel like um, it will invert over time, hopefully. Like, it feels like Halo has the gameplay that just needs to be added onto. Battlefield largely has the gameplay. Like, it's, they just need to decide what kind of identity they want. Does it want to be more of, like, a hero shooter thing with the operators? Or more old-school Battlefield style? But it feels like they'll get there, whereas Call of Duty Vanguard exists to tick a box. And that makes it the strongest game right now. Yeah. But it means it'll be the most immediately forgettable if not already. I think you're right as well. And that's kind of, like, you know, <clears throat> a weird, a weird thing to say. But I feel... <clears throat> The legs on Call of Duty Vanguard are going to be in Warzone. It's not going to be in Vanguard necessarily. I think that's going to exist as a platform to... Battle Royale. Level up your guns for Battle Royale and enjoy the new map and stuff. Who's that? And I think that might be the only reason we remember it fondly in a Mm. couple years' time. Whereas, yeah, like you say, even though they've had much spottier launches, Battlefield and Halo kind of have the potential to grow into something bigger like mm-hmm. right now you've got a really polished call of duty versus these kind of problematic other games but yeah <laughs> I, I do i do think there is a reason that i keep going back to anything that isn't call of duty because there's something fresh happening in yep. those other franchises that 
Call of Duty has certainly scratched an itch, and it's a very polished itch. But Problematic faves, you might say. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it, yeah. <laughs> but I think, yeah, the thing with Halo is that they, they needed, like, sort of the matchmaking, sort of the XP system, stuff that Staten has already talked about. He's like, oh, we yeah. hear you. We're listening to all the feedback. We get it. We know the things that we need to change. Um, but then he said that he like had a really, like, kind of cute little term where he referred to everything as rocks. He's like, there's some stuff that's small rocks that we can move immediately, and there's some stuff that's big rocks that we need to get a lot of people together and move it as one, and those things are going to take time. And then they did, it did elongate the end of season one. So it seems like what we are... What we have right now um, is classed as the beta. And he said, oh, it's very much a beta. But then he also did a statement saying this is day one maps and modes and, and whatever. So, mm-hmm. like, okay. But, like, that feels like the thing that'll change maybe halfway through next year is when Halo might really find its footing. Unless they drastically switch out the XP system, um, you know, going forward in the next sort of, like, yeah, the next month or so for the actual main launch of it. Because you've not downloaded Halo yet. Are you waiting for it? Are you going to see how it goes for the next few months? I was going to wait for the actual launch because I don't actually really play a bit as that much. I jumped mm. the Battlefield 1 a little bit, but so often I've played a bit and it's in it hasn't got my attention but then the actual game has so I don't I know it's not going to be necessarily too much different but I kind of will be more involved in Halo you think there'll be something for launch yeah Yeah, yeah. when it's actual launch and it kind of feels like there's some fanfare behind it because I think the biggest thing about Halo right now again this podcast is just the Halo (laughs) podcast at this point is that it um, it just almost doesn't feel like it's happened like there's a no it doesn't that's another thing that melts my head yeah and it's kind of like uh, there's no incentive for me, someone who's kind of like on the fence with it, could take or leave it at this point because mm. I'm going to be breaking up for Christmas by the time it comes out anyway. <laughs> um, like, why? There's, there's, there's been no mass advertising for it. It's just kind of like, if I didn't wasn't in the know, mm. would I even know there was a beta out? I don't know. I'm playing it going, is this out? Like, I'm, <laughs> is this is this what you have? Like, I just it's that level of... of but I would say this about Battlefield, to be honest. Like, I feel like for me, again, it might be algorithmic, might be the circles that we run in, but I've yeah. barely seen any coverage of Battlefield other than a few glitch compilations and people going like, well, I hope it's going to get better. And because of the fact that it was on Game Pass, it's on EA Play, I saw that circulated more than the overall ah, release date. Right. Just people going, like, oh, well, you can get an hour. I'm so glad I can play it early. It's a bit broken. I hope they fix it. Yeah. And then going like, no, this is the launch version. Like, this is retail. This is We should be talking about it in a launch capacity. But I've barely been seeing that. Well, that's a good conversation for a different time, I think, mm. and how those kind of rollouts affect it. Because EA is doing that a lot, where it's like you can play this game a week early, a week and mm. a half early if you get an EA Player. And it kind of treats that as the launch, even though it's obviously not the launch and then it's just games aren't made like they used to be Scott Tilford is the takeaway from this podcast I think. No, which I will fold back around to saying that I would play Max Payne 3 across the last Have you couple really? of days because it's on backwards compatibility now. I always think they're buying Blood Rain 1 and 2. You were, weren't you? Yeah. Really, you the thing is, if you, know, if you literally if you want to play Blood Rain 1 and 2, just play it on Xbox because you can get the original ones. They're auto-upscaled using the auto-HDR stuff, the auto-frame-rate stuff. Pretty much the version that they're now selling for 30 English pounds. So I, I would just play that. the Xbox version. You I know s- I want. No, you won't at all. You'll pay the you'll pay the money because you've got a your your head mark. But I think <laughs> that um, but yeah, Blood Rain Two, good fun little game. I wouldn't say it works <laughs> that well in twenty twenty one. But Max Payne though, Max Payne one, two, three, especially two and three, especially three. Especially beautiful three. game, especially three. Go go out there, everyone who can hear my voice or feel the aura of these two people. Go play Max Payne three. Sadly, it's not sixty FPS. It is thirty. Great point. In the big battle royale go of on. Call of Duty versus Battlefield versus Halo Infinite, Max Payne three. The winner wins. is Max Payne three. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And the specific version with the Hawaiian shirt and the bald head. Yep. Yeah, the one that he was always one of the best versions of Max Payne three. The Jules version. The Jules version never got his due, to be honest. Never he got didn't. his Jules. But I feel like you should get out there and play Max Payne three. But for now, this has been the wind up. I've been Scott Tilford, joined by Josh Brown. Always a pleasure, Scott Tilford. Have a lovely week, and we'll catch you next time. Bye bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.